Blog Talk Radio. Church. 
As an acclaimed radio and TV personality, he also has hosted his own shows for over 20 years. Not new to being an author in his earlier years, he wrote six books on how to start businesses and how to overcome fears. He formed a community-based program called True Council Business Economic Network. Coupled with the Workforce Initiative Program, he taught 2,000 low-income parties how to go to work while being trained in how to become the next generation leaders. He also established the Building Life Academy and Daycare for Single Parents. Wow, that's amazing. Purpose to help and fight for the rights of others, James also serves as a precinct chairman and activist. James received his doctorate degree in ministry from the Texas Bible Christian Institute. Currently, James is a life coach and has written two new books called Ordinary Day Episode 1 and The Ordinary Day, The Beginning, Episode 2. James' greatest accomplishment yet is taking the city by force in the 2023 election to become the next mayor of Dallas, Texas. Wow, that would be awesome to have such a powerful man of God being the mayor of Dallas, Texas. I'm praying for that, brother. And we're just thank you all for joining us tonight and for listening. And I welcome you on, Apostle and Doctor. And um, I would like to start off the program with prayer. And then um, I have a few questions for you. And I'm just going to let go and let God because I just truly believe in letting the Holy Spirit lead. And God knows Mm -hmm. best. So gracious and heavenly Father, I just humbly come before your throne of grace tonight. I thank you for this opportunity and divine connection, Father God, that I could share my brother's ministry and all that you're doing in his life, that you be glorified, Father. I pray, dear God, that you just anoint the program tonight, that you take it forth from every corner of every nation, dear God. And, Father God, let there be no disruption from the enemy. We pray and cancel out his plans. And we're just asking, dear God, that everything goes smoothly tonight. But most of all, you be glorified. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Um, I know here in Illinois, um, I know here in Illinois, we are having severe heat waves. It's been horrible. Is it? Is is it hot there in Dallas, Texas, as well? It is very hot in Dallas, Texas. Also, it's hot in Dallas. <laughs> yeah, One I figured as much. Said, <laughs> one young lady, she said, "I'm from South Carolina. I thought I could handle the Texas." But wow. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I have a friend that lives in Texas, but he's not from Dallas, but he he said it does get hot there. I know we've been having uh heat advisories here, so but um I'm so glad we finally got things worked out. There's been a lot going on in both of our lives and um yes. but I welcome you on tonight. And I am so one of my questions so thankful. Oh, I'm sorry, go ahead. Uh one I'm of the so things I wanted you. to ask you I always, I always like to, I like to hear what I call people's Jesus stories, and that is mm-hmm. when you knew that you had that call, like in your life when you were saved, and that you knew that you were being called to to ministry. And there's so many different things that you do, but wow, what God's done in your in your life is amazing. But when did you truly know that, you know, you were being called into that? Yes. That's a, a real good one that uh, I, uh, you know, I don't get it very often, but that's a good one that uh, that I uh, that I'm glad you had the pleasure asking. And I'm telling you, it is so amazing. I'm so excited to be on your show. I I'm one of those guys that sometimes fumbles with uh, times and get them mixed up, and I forgot we're on. You kept you said seven. I'm thinking seven my time. So I, I was prepared for seven, <laughs> and I had everything pulling at me. Uh, and I said, no, i got to go on this show. And w- like you said, we've been trying to get on here and be with you, and I'm so glad we finally had the opportunity. So thank you so much. I, um, as a young person, my dad played an active part in my life, and uh, we had 10 kids. I was a 10th child, and that's a wild number 10, number testimony. Um, he allowed my, me to stay with my grandmother because of complications. Uh, supposedly, my grandmother had Bunny and Clyde, the gangsters, stay at her house for a month. 
And so well, supposedly, <laughs> supposedly it's a true story. They gave her a lo- some money, and uh, she named me James Clyde. Okay. <laughs> so <laughs> I grew up with my grandmother. And uh, I on Saturdays when the kids wanted to watch cartoons, I liked to watch the Clint Eastwood, the gun shows, uh, you know, Rifleman, anything, shoot 'em up, bang, bang, any kind of drama, like Bunny, any kind of stuff like that, bank robbery. That was my whole ticket. And I literally grew up with a mindset that I wanted to be a bank robber. Honest to God, truth. So wow. I would say to parents, be careful what you put on your children because it could affect them. And so one day, uh, my grandmother would tell me, James, you're a king. And I thought, well, maybe I'm going to be president since I'm a king because we don't have kings, we have presidents. Anyway, I started school, and my my grandmother died when I was about 12. And so at about 12 years old, I had to go back to my father. I didn't know the story of my father. We're from a place called Brenham, Texas, where they make bluebell ice cream. And he had became a gangster and uh Grandmother moved here to get him out of the gang and uh, get him away from what he was involved in. He married my mom, and uh, and so come to find out that my mom's uh, brother turns out to be the largest uh, gangster in the Dallas, Texas area ever. And so it was all around me, but my grandmother sent me to church, and uh my dad had a call on his life to preach, but for whatever reason, he didn't obey the call. So my dad wanted me to learn music. He played music, and he was playing in bands, and he wanted me to learn music and things of that nature. And I really didn't want to learn music, and I didn't want to play in the bands and, and do the music. And so my dad would get upset with me, and he'd say, you're going to be an old preacher. And so uh, it would kind of turn me the wrong way. But I knew that he was saying something to me positive. But at the time, I didn't want to hear it. You're going to be an old preacher. Well, exactly like he said, I'm a preacher. I don't consider myself old, but uh, I will become an old preacher one day. So, yeah, that's so my dad kind of spoke it on my life. And uh, a lot of people uh, around me were saying, hey, you're going to be a preacher. I got heavily off track, got involved uh, in the wrong things. But uh, eventually, I found myself so down. I mean, I got into drugs. I got into selling drugs. I got into alcoholism. And then when I found myself really down, my brother-in-law, who was a preacher, he turned to preacher. We used to do things together. He kept running after me, and he took me in his house and raised me up like I was this kid when I was 14. And he made me go to church, and I went to church with him, and I didn't have clothes. He said, you wore my clothes, and I was with the preachers every week. So that kind of started mentoring me uh, in the preaching field. And then I joined the U.S. Army. And when I got in the Army, I steered away a little bit. But then uh, the Holy Spirit brought me back to life uh, through listening to Martin Luther King tapes, just walking by the bill out in the neighborhood. They played the Martin Luther King tapes really loud. So one day I went and bought the tapes, and I started listening to them, and it started to change my mentality. I started thinking like Dr. King. I even started sounding like him. I have a dream, a dream deeply rooted in American society. I started, you know, thinking, stop thinking so stinking, thinking and negative, and wanted to be a drum major, wanted to be better, wanted to do more. And that's kind of how I kind of began to answer my call. So I started doing things in church. And then one day I come back from uh, Korea, uh, my second trip to Korea. I went there twice while I was in the military. I spent two years in Korea and I speak Hangul. And so I come back and I'm in Dallas and God says, you're going to be a leader. Well, I said, I'm going to be a city council. Well, God calls me into ministry. And I hear him and I'm like, well, maybe I'm just going to minister inside the church. And then I get on my knees and I pray about it. He starts showing me that I will minister on the streets and to all of these different people on the streets. And I'm like, wait a minute, God, I I didn't ask for that. I don't want to do that. Pretty tough people on the streets like I used to be. 
but that's exactly what he called me to, uh, the ministry on the streets. Well, what I think is so amazing about that is, and a lot of people, I don't know, I, I don't know if they think about it on their journeys of faith, but many times the mm-hmm. things that we go to or go through, like when we do fall or where we come from, become part of our ministry because when he put you on the streets, you could relate to those people. You could, you know, you could say, hey, I've yes. been there. I understand. And I think it makes it more real to them. And I think that they receive people better in regards to that. Yes. So to me, that's a powerful thing. My husband was the same way. He was delivered. He, uh, We've been together 17 years, and he was delivered from drugs wow. a few days after we got together. And that's the same with him. And sometimes you don't even have to talk to people. They're like drawn to him. It's like they that he know they know you know, and I think that I think that's amazing. Like many times we don't want to be put where God wants us to be, but when we finally just let go and surrender, it truly blesses our lives. I know it has in our lives, but and I, I appreciate you being honest like that because a lot of people won't share truth or worried about what people's gonna think or say. But in all honesty, I think those kind of testimonies encourages people. And it helps us to respect people that are, are in ministry or are running for uh, the mayor of such a, a major city. And I respect that about you. So thank you for, you know, keeping that real and sharing that with us. Because yeah. I know in the community I live in, there's a lot of people that are on the streets. There's a lot of drug problems. There's a lot of right. there's a lot of hurt and bondage. So, you know, a lot of people won't go inside the church because they're scared of rejection. And so it's mm-hmm. great. We've got it. You got to have an anointing in that when you get put on the street like that. So, and also I wanted to tell you, thank you for your service to our country as well. That's that's another great respect. So I thank you for that. Thank you so much. I appreciate you. I really do. That played a major role in me develop and become a man. You know, uh, I had a lot of street inside of me, and uh, the drill sergeant says, "Dallas, you are a street guy." Yep, you're right. You're. You're a gangster. We're gonna we're gonna break you. I'm saying, uh, you're gonna have a hard time. But let me tell you, they broke me, and I'm appreciative <laughs> of it. And uh, <laughs> yes, so it, it helped me it out takes a lot. A strong Say again. I said it takes a strong person to go through the military. My grandpa told me some stories he went through, and it it, yes. it takes something. But they they can definitely change your life if you give them that opportunity. <laughs> That's right. I agree. <laughs> it changed my life a whole lot. I have a lot of stories, but I appreciate the road of going through the military to my destiny today. And it, it, I, sometimes I would try to forget I've been a soldier, but uh, you know, you often reminded. And really, it's a beautiful thing that I've been a soldier because serving, and I'm just serving people in the ministry. It's nothing but serving people. Uh, that's all it is, serving people, and the church is serving people. And serving people Amen. is what gets you in life, gets you at the top. When you know how to serve people, you work with people, you help people, that's what life is all about. <laughs> yes, it is. That's what so, being a child of God is about, serving others. Amen. Yes, yes. So I'm just a servant. Uh, most of the time you won't know that I'm a apostle. You won't know I'm pastor, teacher, bishop, you won't know any of these things because I'll just be serving. So one of the young ladies wanted to embarrass me a couple weeks ago. She thought she was letting these other young ladies know, well, you know, James, y'all know James is a minister. And one said, I didn't know he was a minister. The other girl did. She didn't say much. She said, I, uh, and she said, did you know he was a minister? And I didn't say anything. It didn't embarrass me at all. I was thankful. She said, you know what? He prays for me, and he does this. So I was serving. Instead of going around saying, hey, I'm Apostle James Turknet. No, I'm just serving. And then as you serve them, many times they'll come back and say, listen, it's something different about you, something special. What do you mean? It's something different. What is it you got? You say, well, I have Jesus. I accepted Jesus as my Lord and Savior. Mm-hmm. That opens the door for you to win that soul. And that's happened to Amen. me so many times. I have seen, so and this is not bragging on, just a lot of souls come to God, and every week I try to lead people to God and serve people. And it's not 
easy serving people, but it sure is worth it. Amen. We just did uh, an outreach at the park this past weekend, and there was a gentleman um, that was drawn in, and he didn't have, he, he was, his transportation was a bike. He was hungry. He was thirsty. And when we were singing and praising, he came in. And we, uh, we showed forth love to him. A lot of people might have rejected him because of how he looked. And he was sharing, he was being, keeping it real with us. But we gave him food. And we fed him while he was there. We fed him the word of God. And we showed forth Jesus' love. And we sent food and stuff with him. But that's the thing. So many people think you have to, you have to be famous, or you have to do this or that, or you. They reflect more on self when they truly don't realize, it. like what you're doing, staying humble and showing forth the love of Jesus. That's really what draws people in. It's that that's what they really need. The ones that really need reach need that love of Jesus Christ. So I think that's awesome. That that's how you you are in your ministry and in the things you do because. I mean, your bio is very impressive, and you could be a puffed-up, proud man, but uh, you can just tell in your voice and in speaking to you, you're a humble man, and that's what the, that's what God wants us to do. Jesus came to yes. serve, and one of the, my favorite things I think of and I thought was so beautiful is when Jesus washed his disciples' feet. I just think that that's one of the, I love reading that yes. in the Bible. Like he served, he he served, and he. He came to do his father's business, and it just—he's such a loving father, and he, I see he's used you in so many different ways, and um, and in TV personality and radio, which I love doing radio, and um, but an author—that's one of the things we were going to talk about tonight. I'm so blessed in the people that I meet, like. I like to be outside the walls myself. I like to go out on the streets and go to places some people wouldn't even maybe consider. But I truly believe you gotta you gotta be prayed up for that, and you gotta know it's God leading you because not everybody can just do that. It has to be something you are called to. I truly believe that. But I just I'm an evangelist, and I love I just love to tell the world about Jesus. And um, yeah. wow, you've wrote six books on how to start businesses and to overcome fears. Yes. And you also, uh, you had a community-based program called True Council Business Economic Network, which I really think it's great when people can be taught how to manage money. And mm-hmm. one of your newest things, um, it's your book we've been talking about, Ordinary yes. Day Episode 1 and The Ordinary Day, The Beginning Episode 2. Um, whatever you feel like sharing, um, anything about your life or your books, like, I always tell my people, like, I just let the Holy Spirit lead. And God told me when it, I started this, this platform was for, it wasn't about me. It was about my other brothers and sisters in Christ working together in one mind, one accord, and love and unity. And letting other people share their ministries and what God's doing in their life. So this is your time, whatever you feel led to share. I just, I give you the floor and just, you can let us know about your books and how you be, uh, maybe how you be became an author, and just whatever you feel led, and it's your time just to have liberty. Uh, yes. Amen. Thank you so much. Thank you so much, Mr. Montel. I, last year, I ran for city council of, of my city, District 7, and um, I, after I lost the race, I was up speaking in South Dallas at a homeless uh, church, and they had a tent on concrete, and I was up speaking and it was going pretty good. I guess I uh, was disrupting the enemy because the enemy started coming out of people, and the, they needed more intercessors, honestly. But they were taking people out. So anyway, the men, there were men that were getting help. They were coming up to the altar, getting on their knees and praying. make a long story short, I looked to my right to look at the members in the band, and a lady pushed my arm and my elbow. <laughs> And I started falling. And while I was falling, <laughs> I tried to stop myself with my wrist. It hit concrete and my elbow broke in two places. So I found myself with broken elbow. Uh, my left wow. elbow was totally broken. Yeah. And so I, and I couldn't do the things that I was doing because I had a broken elbow. And I thought, James, what's going on? So I prayed to God. And he put it on my heart. Now you have time to write. 
so I started a book. I wanted a coach. Uh, I met this lady that helped coach T.D. Jakes a while back, and I wanted her. I wind up getting her to coach me, and we were writing a book on leadership. And so I told her I wanted to also put something in the book about purpose and passion and leadership. She said, we'll write two smaller books also on leadership about purpose and one about passion. So I started that, started off okay, but then I got so off to the right or maybe to the left either way. And so I got confused and I stopped. Then I wrote a little marketing book on how to market a book. And then I said, God, what am I to do next? He says, write ordinary day. Well, Ordinary Day came from a sermon I heard 30 years ago, and basically all about uh, it's sort of David and Bathsheba, but I tell it like this to um, everyone else, and I was like, really, like, this is not the book I'm supposed to be writing. I'm thinking to myself, I need a leadership book. And so it came to me, this is leadership. This is a leadership book. <laughs> you may not believe it, but David is a leader. <laughs> he just does some things. Uh, that shouldn't be done. So I tell it like this on the summary. There's a powerful ruler who has a dynasty that's named after him. He has a city that's beautiful, beautiful flowers. And I talk about the birds are beautiful. And some of the birds, as I say, uh, one spring evening when teens are in war, he decides not to go to work. So he's at home sleeping and he wakes up in the evening. And I guess he's bored. He goes on top of this rooftop. And I guess to look around his vast kingdom that he's built, he's won all these wars, he's got a dynasty, and he sees the most beautiful, fine woman taking a bath in her own private, personal courtyard. And he inquires, he says, who is that? And they tell him. And so he knows who she is. He has a chance to stop. And then uh, she's also the granddaughter of his number one advisor. Uh, I sometimes have a problem pronouncing his name, uh, and so I will try to. And so instead of him stopping, he has a summon. Out of this comes lust, deception, rape, adultery, and murder, all from an ordinary day. And so I write a story That's about powerful. it. Powerful. <laughs> and I, tell, I tell you a lot about David's life. I found out things about David that had never been told. I look up Uriah, uh, the Hittite. He is a lieutenant or a captain in the, in the army. Not only is he a lieutenant or captain in David's army, he's one of David's 37 royal guards. That's why his house was in the vicinity of David, because David had his own, like, secret service. He had royal guards. It was 37, and he was one of them. So uh, also uh, I looked up Bathsheba, and I did a history on her. And so David may have had a history of doing things like this before, people are saying. So anyway, David is the eighth child. I looked through an eighth child, and so his dad is named Jesse. They come out of genealogy of Boaz and Ruth. And so Boaz and Ruth, uh, uh, they are famous. You know, they're rich and everything. And so Jesse's a very rich guy. So the family is very rich. Jesse supposedly stopped having relationships with his wife for three years. And the reason being was supposedly he had a crush, a secret crush on the maid. So one day he tells the maid that tonight you're going to come and you're going to have, you know, sexual, you know, you know, you know, go to bed with me tonight. And so the maid is infuriated. She's upset. She tells David's wife and David's wife to go ahead, obey him, uh, clean up and do the ritual, the perfumes and all, wash up. And at, when nighttime came, they did the old switcheroo. They switched around and David's mom got into bed with her husband and David was born nine months later. Well, Jesse didn't think David was his. He said, no, that's not mine. So David was the black sheep of the family. So they gave him the menial jobs, the small jobs, like take care of the neighbor's sheep and do the errands because he didn't believe that that was his child. So I, I, I bring out some things like that, and that's just interesting. I'll tell you some more in a second. Yeah. Are you there? Yeah. So yes, I was listening. Okay. okay, well, that's good. That's good. So these are just some things. I found a whole lot. David is very um, well-renowned. He's kind of like Billboard famous. He's known all over the area uh, on Billboard for music, and uh, uh, he adapted to play music and play different pieces of music 
and his music is going in the high places. Everybody's known. He's renowned. He's like Billboard famous, okay? And even makes it to the, the king's uh, place. And the king, uh, people are advising him, inviting him in to play for the king because he's running away the evil spirits that's, you know, on Saul. So David is a very profound musician, but I'm sure that somewhere in his heart, he had a mindset that he was a warrior. And he knew that that was going to come one day. But he kept running the errands. He kept doing what he was told to do. And one day, when he was told to go run the errands, so he had to leave his little sheep, go run the errands. Uh, that was his opportunity. He heard a lot of noise, a lot of commotion, and that was his opportunity. And so he said, what is the noise? What is that? And they said, well, you haven't heard. That's Goliath. He's challenging the army of Israel. Every day he comes out, he challenges us. And so David saw this as an opportunity. Sometimes we see things as terrible, but they're really opportunities. Me too. And so they're opportunities. (laughs) So they're really opportunities. And so I want to say this to you. Don't look at everything bad. It may be just an opportunity for you to progress and to prosper. And so I'm just so excited. So David said, let me ask you this question. He says, uh, what's going to happen to the man that kills him? Well, the man that kills him is going to get this. He's going to get that. He's going to get this. He's going to family not going to have taxes, going to get a high position. David said, really? Can you rehearse that again in my ear? David heard it again. David said, hey, he dropped the lunches he had for his brothers and the officers. And he said, send me. Tell him I'll go fight him. He was ready to be a warrior. He went from a musician to a warrior. Y'all just that. Because he was ready. Mm-hmm. He was being prepared. So they began to go tell Saul, and David's brother came up. So there he is. He's always meddling in other people's business. David didn't pay no attention. He had his mind up. He was going to be a warrior. He was going to get in position. So they took him to Saul. Saul said, let me put my gear on you. They began to put Saul's gear on David. It was too big. And David said, no, I, I got my own stuff. I got a slingshot. and got stuff I'm accustomed to. So he went out there, and he spoke to that. He said, you uncircumcised, so thing, and you know the story. He, boom, he knocked him out, basically with that one shot in the forehead, and boom, cut the guy's head off with his own sword. And David is a warrior after that. His life changed. In one Praise day, God. an ordinary life change. <laughs> yeah, he seen the opportunity, and he moved in faith. And wow, look like you said. See, that's that's really good advice to people because so many times when people are going through things or something seems impossible, they just want to give up or complain, but they don't really understand. Right. Many times, the blessings behind the sacrifice are what you're going through, and like that. I love that. I love the story of David with the Goliath in the Bible. That's just, to me, a powerful faith story. But also the way you're bringing it to life, there was more to it than that because there was a purpose in it. He was stepping up to a new call in his life. And and look what happened in his life. That's really powerful. He he went from a person that was not walking his purpose unto a prince. He just started walking into a prince. And he went and married the king's daughter. He's a prince. He's a warrior all over night, just like that, because he chose to be heroic, courageous, brave when the time came to do what he he knew he could do, that he was trained to do. And it just happened just like that. And then he found himself going on, get, going through some more training, running from Saul. And uh, But that was all in the plan of God. Everything was in the plan of God. Him running from Saul, him being in the um, uh, house of Saul, him learning how to be a king, him finding out what to do, all of that was part of his training. So when David got to be king, he had been through a lot. Usually when God promotes you, he takes you through so much because when he promotes you, hey, hey, you know, you've got to be ready. (laughs) So this is a revelation. In the 22nd division of Psalms, Psalms is written in divisions, Instead of chapters, David is saying, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? He feels forsaken. He can feel Christ. He can feel he's bearing the infirmities of the cross. So when God is getting ready to promote you, he takes you through the cross. 
So David is bearing the cross with him. He's complaining. He says he feels like a worm. He's sick. People are talking about it. And maybe somebody's going through all this stuff. you got sickness in the family. You're sick. Challenges, one challenge after another. God may be preparing you for a promotion. Now, you may be being prepared for a promotion. So when he walks in the 23rd division, he said, the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He making me to lie down in green pastures. He knows how to make you lie down. He restores my soul. His name says, he, he, he's doing this. He knows why he's doing this for me. He's preparing a table before me in the presence of all of my enemies. He's preparing a, a banquet, he's a feast. He's going to promote you to king. He's going to promote you to queen, to the place that he has ordained for you. And so God have you going through this for a reason. So David now recognized that all of this is part of the plan of God. And sometimes we have to be reminded this is his plan for our life. And that's where it was today. Yeah, he never promised us we'd never go through, but he did tell us he would never leave us or forsake us. And it's just sad so many people don't want to go through the things. And But I think when we do go through those things, God sees our realness. He sees our faith in him. And he, he knows you know, if we have that willingness to go through it to, like you said, be promoted, because sometimes the things he's going to promote us to, you definitely got to be prepared for him. And I'm looking, you know, like even through your life and your testimonies and all you've done, it's all been a part of where God's taken you to as well. And now I think that's pretty awesome that you're going to be running for uh, the mayor of Dallas, Texas. I told my husband, I was like, that's pretty exciting to me because Dallas, Texas, that's, that's, that's pretty big to me, and um, I'm really praying for you in that. And I can Thank tell you. also that you that you really have studied it, like the anointing has led you in writing this book. And I want to, um, I'd like to get um, this book, and that's one of the things I want you to share too before we still have somewhere to sure. go over. But tonight I want to make sure you let people know how they can get it. And in regards to yep. the ordinary day, the beginning, episode two, is that just a continuance of the story of David into this book? Um, I was going to ask yes, about that too. And okay, it is. We actually have an episode two and episode three. <laughs> wow! Mean, praise God! Yes, Go. yes, yes. I think so that's so awesome. Yeah. See, I get excited. I get excited to see what God does in other people's lives, and I think it's encouraging to others. I know sometimes people might get what I call a jealous phone, or, but I truly believe if our brothers and sisters are being blessed, we should rejoice for them, and if they're going through, we should pray for them, and to yeah. see. And also, I think it's encouraging to see where God brought you from and to where you are now, because we serve a God of possibilities. Nothing's impossible with Him, and I just. I just think it's pretty awesome what God's done in your life. It's very encouraging to me. And where can we, um, where can people get your books at? Yes. If you will Google Arthur James, J-M-E-S, Turknet, T-U-R-K-N-E-T-T, it'll probably come up with that, but you can put Arthur James Turknet or James Turknet, Ordinary Day, it'll populate. And uh, just James Turknet, T-U-R-K-N-E-T-T. And you can get it off of Amazon, Barnes and Noble. You can get it off of Kindle, Alibri's, Walmart online. We just went on Walmart uh, last week. So you can pretty much get it in a lot of places that are online. Or you can go to my website at jamesturknetministries.com, jamesturknetministries.com. Well, I would definitely like to get my husband and I both a copy, and I think it would be a great book to read and to study because I can tell how in-depth, like, you can really tell that you put your heart into it. It wasn't you just sitting down. Like, I can tell it's led by the Holy Spirit, and I like to learn about the history of people. I love to learn about the history of people in the Bible, and you shared a lot of things about David some people might not even have thought about, and the way you put it into perspective is so powerful. Look where he took, and he was considered the weakest and the meekest, but you know, amongst the brothers. And look what God did, how He promoted him. I mean, that's amazing, <laughs> and that should encourage us in our life. 
I mean, in all honesty, we should never box God in. We should never say, I can't as a child of God. We should never look at ourselves mm-hmm. unable because, I mean, through him we can do all things. And but I just, right. I definitely have some excitement in the, these books. So I'm going to definitely have to check that out. And we'll also have to stay in touch with you after these elections. And uh, I'm really, yes. truly praying because I believe that in the world that we're in now, we need true strong warriors and men and women of God to be placed to lead cities and our government. And I think we we need that now more than ever. We really do need that. And I want you to know that when I become mayor, you are welcome to come and visit and come to inauguration and we're going to have a ball. (laughs) I'll tell you what, I accept that invitation, brother. And I'll tell you something else. I have always have a willingness. Of course I pray. But when people are doing other things, I believe in supporting them or coming to be a part of things, street ministries, revivals, uh, actually even sharing. If you have things that you need shared and want to get out there, I would more than happy anytime share it on my wall or let me know, and I'll help to get the word out there because there's strength in numbers. And if we all work together, I truly believe yes. that we can make a difference in this world. And that's If we could learn to come together and not just try to be just about self. That's where it's at. But yes. you, uh, is there anything else you would like to share while you're still on here? Have you covered everything you sure. wanted to? Um, like I said, I, this is your time. And okay. I appreciate you. I think that you have a, such a beautiful, beautiful spirit and a humble woman. And um, God sees the work you're doing, and you are doing a great work, as he said to Nehemiah. Oh, thank and you. the writer says, come down, you're doing a great work. And so sometimes people don't tell you and don't encourage you, but I want you to know I'm giving you flowers that you're doing a great job. You are a blessing, and God sees how how much you try to be a blessing, and sometimes it's difficult. It doesn't work out. But it, everything is, uh, is is in a season and in a pattern. And I use a phrase that it's working, and simply that just means it's already worked out. Praise God. God. Thank you so much, Dr. That means so much to me. I've always tried to stay humble, and um, God has me doing a lot of things, and uh, I love doing the radio. I just celebrated my seventh year on here, and we had the seventh year, seventh episode. That was pretty awesome, and um, and I like doing the lives on, I like to minister to people on Facebook. I work with a couple of different uh, ministry pages on there, and I'm really excited. Mm -hmm. I've always wanted to be a part of a concert, so God's opened that door, and in um, September 10th, I'm going to be going and being a part of a big concert at a church with some of the people I work with, and a lot of them won awards and stuff, too, so I'm excited about that. See, God, it's been years and years. I've been singing since I was little, and people try to tell me that I'm an artist, but in my heart, honestly, Apostle, um, I'm a worshiper, and um, I know God can promote us in that, but I never really reflect on that title or anything. For me, it's about leading people into his presence and worshiping. And last night, um, one of mine only had a couple people on at that moment, but I had the most beautiful time and we had the most beautiful fellowship and then the anointing of God was so strong last night. And I tell people, wow. that's one of the things, even on the radio, don't focus on the numbers that are following you or how many likes you're getting. Because even if we just reach one, that really matters to God. I think of the, the 99 sheep and the one he goes after. So that's where God kept my mindset and all I do. Don't be looking to me, but keeping people looking to him. I don't want them to see me. I want them to see Jesus in me. So I really yeah. do appreciate your kind words. That means a lot to me, and I don't hear that a lot. And my husband knows how much work I put in, and especially in the seven yeah. years on the radio. But I have a servant's heart, and I love people, and I'm excited about that invitation. I'm going to tell my husband as soon as I hop off of here. I was like, hey, hey, that's exciting to me. I love to hear also singing. I want you to know I love to hear singing, and maybe God opened the door. You can come to Dallas and sing and bless. And just whatever however God used you, I would love to connect with your ministry and hear what you're doing and help you as well. I'm not just uh, a person that wants you to reach out to me. I would love to reach out to you. I used to do radio every day for about 20 years, but I got off. Now I make more appearances, 
But I love radio. I can do that radio voice. Ladies and gentlemen, I love that radio. <laughs> but, uh, you can have fun with I'm, it. Yeah. And and it, it's good for people to see. A lot of people think Christians don't have fun or they're so uptight. But that's not true because the, jo- uh, the joy of the Lord is my strength. And I love to live life. I love to have fun. And I, I just I want people to see, you know, Christians can have fun. I mean, we have a serious side, of course, but we I love life, and I love to laugh, and I like to make others laugh. And I've been blessed to meet so many amazing people in doing this. It's just It's been a blessing to me, and pretty much most of them are still in my life, praise God, and I thank God for that. But I would love to connect with you, and um, maybe sometime you can even come this way to Illinois, and uh, we do outreaches here and various things, and uh, that's exciting to me because I do love to worship and pray for people, so... I, I will be praying for that, and I pray God makes a way for that. Amen, amen. And uh, we need to get some of your worship, hear your worship. And uh, I love worshiping. And I like to, I uh, like I said, my dad oh, was a singer. My dad was a singer, and um, that's kind of where I got that from. So I do sing. I don't say I'm a singer, but I do love worship, and I, I do sing. I Matter of fact, I'm working on some things right now. Um, I'm trying to put a, a song out before the year is out so we can collaborate with the book. So that's something working on, just working on. It's in the works right now. Well, I'll be praying for you for that. And I pray one day God will bless me because I write poetry, and I, I actually write for a Christian magazine too. But okay. uh, but one of the things wow. that um, – but my hope and my dream is one day – I want to write my own worship song. Right now, um, I have one that I don't. I'm, I don't write music. I write lyrics. But I know God can give me the right connection to do that because I, I truly believe in the power of praise, and um, that the right anointed song can just draw people into His presence. So that's my heart's desire. I just I want to reach more and more through through the Word and through worship and. But I always want to stay humble because without God and the anointing and all he does for me, I wouldn't be where I'm at. Yes. Well, I think that's good. I would I would write and, and even consider putting out something if you put it out on Kindle, uh, which might be easier than, you know, just on regular paperback, start out. Uh, you'd be surprised how uh, you, they have avenues where, and I know you don't want to give everything away, but the way the digital systems is right now, you can have giveaways like, and you can give out quite a bit. And I'm not promoting money or anything, but you can make a lot of money from giveaways. It may sound crazy, but it's true, you know, that so when you give somebody something away on Kindle, Kindle now is owned by Amazon. So that's like a purchase. And everything they purchase that day, they'll give you a percentage off of that. So if you gave it away to a yeah, to because I do write poetry. Yeah, that that's a blessing for you to let me know because honestly, my what I always pray for God is to bless me that I can bless others because I work with people in India and Africa and Pakistan and and of course people here in America too. But my heart is to to reach out to those like I like to help feed children and shoes, clothes, whatever it may be. God used my husband and I in that and. They, I, I want to start to weep because I love God so much, and it blesses me to see what just giving a little can do in life in other countries and how how much they appreciate that. A bag of rice mm-hmm. can feed several families when you buy a big bag of rice, and they'll send us pictures yeah. of when they take the food to the families, and we get to meet some of the families, or sometimes we'll video, and um, that's just where my heart is. That's just who I am. I want to bless others and and. In return, I get blessed through that, and uh, yes. it touches my heart. I start to weep because that's just that's who I am in the Lord. And just seeing what I see in the other places, you it makes you even more realize how more how blessed you truly are. Um, we spend so much time complaining when there's people that don't have running water or food or um, right. they're starving, various things. Like we take so many things for granted, and I think that's part of too why God had me go that direction too is just. You know, I can share with a lot of others, hey, you know, look, you're complaining about this, but look at this little child or 
just various things like that. But I am super, super excited about your book. I, I would like to get that. And actually, the youth group at the church I go to, they love to study yeah. the word and they like to do in-depth things. And a lot of them are, most of them are teenagers, and some are even in their early 20s. I think this would be a good idea for them. I think they would like a book like this, it and we could all maybe study deal. it together. Mm-hmm. I, I'm going to look women. into that. It would be great for women, especially. Now, I have to tell you, I have a little part in the book, uh chapter called Bathsheba's Untold Stories. So that part, I, I, I pray I get it in spirit, and God gives me a mindset, I feel like I felt Bathsheba, what she was going through, the anxiety, the depression she was going through. She had to be going through a lot. She was raped. She had a husband. How can I tell my husband? What am I going to tell him? That would definitely be a hard place to be. Yes. Yeah. I definitely, definitely want to get your book. And um, see, that's the thing, too, I like. And that's what some of the people, I have regular hosts on here. And you're always welcome. If you ever have free time and you have a message you've recorded or anything, I can upload it. Or if you ever want to do a live program and minister, you're always welcome. Because um, some people's schedules get so busy. But if they pre-record it, I can just upload it. And I can set a program up and do a slideshow. And because um, I can, I just. I can feel the anointing on your life, and I know that that reaches people and it breaks jokes and uh, it changes lives. But yet you're humble, and I love that about you. I think that's awesome. So, I appreciate but, that. Um, well, Bathsheba's story, I, I let Bathsheba tell a little bit about how she felt. Even though this is not in the Bible, I wanted to touch women that have been raped. So I talk a little bit. That's where it might be a little off. The kilter for young people, though, because of that. And ladies have been calling me, telling me that somebody finally understands how I felt when I got raped. Like, wow. I don't know. It just came to me while I was writing. I started feeling that sheeple. I said, what? Man, she she is having, she had a lot of anxiety, depression. She went through. And from that, I just started writing. As an artist, I know, because I write music, too, in poetry, so I know the best times to write is when you are depressed or when you are sad. <laughs> That's when a lot of artists write their music, or when you have to. Yes. <laughs> oh. yes. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, she went through a lot, and uh, definitely get a copy. Um, and, get, I mean, and I would love to have people talking about this because I wasn't trying to do this for this, what we call a Me Too movement, but one of the ladies, she said it helped her so much. She said, you know, this is going to be part of Me Too movement. I said, no, I don't know. Uh, I really had heard of it, but I wasn't really as familiar. But then I got to thinking, and I said, oh, wow, David is a leader, and David messes with one of the sheep, basically. And this is, he's like a shepherd. He's an overseer. He's the president. He's everything. And he lowers himself to do something to take him out of the powerful position. And then he not only has relations with her, gets her pregnant, and then he tries to mask it up. And when that doesn't work, he sets up for murder and have her husband killed. Oh, this is just a, woo, this is a story, story on TV. It's crazy. David, who wrote the 23rd Psalm, did this. David, but the thing about it, God brings him to attention through the prophet Nathan, and David repents. And that's where he writes Psalms 51 Division. Creating me a clean heart and restoring me a bright spirit, Lord. Hallelujah. That's what I was singing and talking about. That's awesome because last night, that's one of the, uh, that song, I woke up the other day with that song on my heart. Um, and, um, make it ever true, change my heart, oh God, may I be like you. And see, that's awesome because you're sitting here talking it, and that's what I was teaching on last night about 
him changing our hearts and putting a clean heart in us. I love when God gives you those little confirmations and through people when you don't even realize that it's, it, and that excites me. <laughs> and he just, he's had that song in my heart a lot and been talking to me about changed hearts and transformation. Yes. Yes. Gotta have a changed heart. So God loved David. And now there was consequences. The baby died and David would have rape uh, in his family and he would be challenged in his family. And he would, uh, go through things in his family because of that and he would have his daughter raped by his son and and um the prophet said that your neighbor is going to rape your concubines in front of you, your wives. And so I don't want to give it all away. That would be but just to share with you I'm uh, I, I'm trying to pronounce his name Athila uh anyway his his chief advisor uh was her Bathsheba's grandfather. He advised, he went off and ran off with Absalom, David's oldest son, became his chief advisor. He advised Absalom to have um, David wives, you know, at the top where everybody could see him and he'd be in the tent and he would have a relationship with them. That's the same thing God prophesied would happen to David. And so he was upset with what David did, I'm sure. And, you know, David had to go through all of these things, and there are other things that happen because of this. So we get in episode. I don't want to get in episode two, and then you know, episode three, it moves down to Solomon. And, um, you know, it was a generational curse that just ran in his family, and it could be way back, not only just from David's father, but from Abraham when Abraham Sarah said, "Go into my maid." You know, Abraham didn't say, "No, that's not what we're going to do. We're going to trust God and stand up like a man." He went in instead of. You know, and, and, and caused an error in the spirit, really. And so God wants us to stand up as men and women of God and pull down the spirit of error. And God did not give us a spirit of fear, but power, love, and a sound mind. Okay. So I want to invite everyone to get a copy of my new book. This is author James Turknet, T-U-R-K-N-E-T-T. And you can just Google author James Turknet, uh, Ordinary Day, and it'll pop up. Now, be careful. There are some resellers out there that are reselling the book. I know over in Australia it's more money in U.K., but there are resellers out there trying to sell the book for as much as 60, almost 63 bucks, make it 62.99. That's not right. It's 19.99 paperback, and then it's 9.99 um, Kindle edition. So if you go to Amazon, Barnes & Noble, and Walmart just put it up last week, or, or Libri's, or uh, you can buy. Kindle has all of them up under because they're part of Amazon. That's James Turkman, Ordinary Day. And I thank you so much. Again, you, know, you can go to my website, James Turknet Ministries, T-U-R-K-N-E-T-T, ministries.com, and click on the right top three bars and then order the book. Well, I'm definitely going to be doing that. I'm going to share it with some of my family, too, because, I think books, like, I love books like that, that, that keep things real. But I, I, it's just powerful to me how the anointing fell on you and just put you in her place. And and I see why, because like you said, it, you you were able to understand through writing through the Holy Spirit, you really could have the concept of what women have been through in that. So I, I can't wait to get this book. It sounds really powerful. I thank you so much for being on tonight. You're a very humble, amazing man of God, and thank you for all that you're doing for the kingdom. Thank you. And again, brothers and thank sisters, you. please keep, keep praying for our dear brother in Christ here because that's one of the reasons it excited me too because the mayor of Dallas, Texas, how awesome would that be for, I'm claiming it in Jesus' name, that you will be the mayor of Dallas, Texas because God knows Someone like you needs placed in that office. Father God, I'm claiming that right now in Jesus' name that it's already done. I feel an anointing yes. in it. I feel a purpose in it, Father God. And I'm just, I claim that for my brother in Christ, that James will be the mayor of Dallas, Texas. And I'm going to celebrate that with him, God. And I'm going to glorify you in that, God. Because when we speak life and we come forth in faith, God makes things possible, and I believe there's a purpose in this, and you've already prepared him for this, God. So I glorify you in it, God, and just have your way, Father, and lead him in every direction you want him to go in this, because I feel it is meant to be, and I believe it will come to pass 
In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you. <laughs> thank you so much. I appreciate you. And tell your husband I said hello and thank him all as well, and I appreciate you guys. Well, I appreciate you too. Have a very blessed evening and try to stay cool there in Texas. I know it's hot here as well. The humidity has been horrible, but really, truly was a blessing having you on tonight. Again, everyone, you've been listening to author and apostle Dr. James Turknet and his book sounds so amazing. And just you can, I know you can feel the flow of the anointing going forth as he talks about it. And in the world we're in now, Books like this are great for people to have an understanding and and what people did go through and even falling. But thank God he gives us mercies, new mercies each day. Hallelujah. And he turns situations around. I'm not saying that we won't go through things for the choices we make. But God's so loving and merciful. He does turn it around for us. So thank you again so much. God bless you. I look forward, like I said, any time. Please feel free if you got something, you can email me a message on there. If you have someone you're connected to that wants to, if they're a, if they're a singer, uh, a musician, another, anything at all, if, I, if they're doing it for the glory of God, they're always welcome on here. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye. Have a blessed evening. Thank you. <laughs> 